Welcome to the Human Experience Podcast. It is a personal transformation podcast, focusing on improving your life, business, and your relationships. Hosted by Eldin Hassa, a mindset coach, relationship coach, author of a self-help book titled, Are We All Fucked?, which is a step-by-step guide to becoming a best version of yourself. Available on Amazon Worldwide, and also on his website, eldinhasser.com. Eldin is also a spiritual teacher, public speaker, workshop and seminar facilitator, and a successful property investor and developer, with passion for transforming lives globally for over 15 years. We have over 2 million downloads of our podcast. As a thank you, get a free copy of Eldin's book on his website, eldinhasser.com. Also, we are hosting a free Peak Mindset Masterclass. Get your free ticket on his website, formulaeq.com, or find the link in this podcast. Hurry, seats are limited. Share this podcast with your friends and family and help our mission to empower humanity. Please remind yourself every day how amazingly awesome you already are. Thank you and welcome your amazing host, Eldin Hassa. Welcome everyone to the Human Experience Podcast, your host Eldin Hassa. I'm very excited to have a guest today from United States, Jennifer Hill. She's a good friend. She's an amazing, inspirational human being. She's done a lot of, lot of work. And I'm going to introduce her briefly. And I'm going to let Jennifer introduce herself in her own words. So she's a published author couple of books, 101 Spiritual Tools for Uncertain Times. That's one of the books. And she is a TV host at Awaken TV Network. She is the radio show, um, LA Talk radio host. And she does a lot of work with people like Deepak Chopra and other sort of famous celebrities. Introduce herself in her own words, and then we can dive a little bit more in all the inspiring work that she does and who she is as a human being and her human experience. Welcome, Jennifer. Thank you so much, Alden. Thank you for having me here. And thank you to each of you. Thank you for tuning in and being here with us whenever and wherever you might be watching this from or hearing it from. You know, it's uh, it's such a pleasure to be here, Alden. And I know it's, I don't know what it's like for you, but for me, I host a lot of shows and interview a lot of people and it's always uncomfortable to kind of hear your own bias. So it's much more fun when we can just share authentically who we are and what matters to us as human beings in the world. And, you know, what matters to me is that every human being on this planet has an extraordinary life. Like that's my commitment, Alden. I wake up every day and I really truly ask that like, you know what universe, put me where you need me most, allow me to be of the greatest service. And even when I, God forbid, do have opportunities for growth or what some people might cause, call a challenge, I even know that in those moments that my greatest version of myself as a human being and at the soul level is being expressed and that every challenge, every opportunity for growth brings me and every single one of you closer to the miracles that we all dream of in our lives. So that's who I am and that's what matters to me. Oh, that's wonderful, wonderful. But before we dive into uh, where you are today and what inspired you to become who you are today, could you share with us uh, your journey? What was your inspiration? And how did you get to be where you are today? 
So I, <laughs> I don't always share this, Eldon, but I like to say I'm a recovering jerk. <laughs> so I don't know if any of you out there have ever had this experience, but between the ages of 16 to about 21, I was selfish. I was worried about myself. I was discovering myself and who I was as a human being. And honestly, I, I didn't love myself. I didn't feel like I fit in. I didn't feel like I belonged. And I was just wreaking a lot of chaos in my life and the lives of others. So if any of you out there are now watching this who were with me during that time, please accept my deepest apology and love and you know humility for who I was during that time. And then a miracle happened, honestly, Eldon, uh, as they often do. You know, the people in our lives are instrumental catalysts for our becoming as human beings. And I was lucky that I had a few of them. Uh, you know, I had my first serious boyfriend when I was 20 years old, who I was with for about two years. And despite my partying background, he was kind of not as into that world. And so that started to align me on a different path. And I also knew, you know, he wanted to get married very early on and bought us a house and it just didn't resonate with my soul at that point. I could tell something was missing, you know, that certain je ne sais quoi, that certain something, but it didn't feel right. And so long before I developed my spiritual acumen and my intuition, I was already following my intuitive path. And uh, about a year or so after I broke up with that gentleman, I wound up meeting my husband at the time. And he, again, <laughs> this is a, an embarrassing story, but he invited me to do a program at the time called Landmark Worldwide. And because I was still vacillating between this being who was kind of like, like a butterfly or a caterpillar pushing on the outside of her cocoon and really wanting to expand and be in all my glory in the world, I was still kind of being a bitter caterpillar, like, I don't want this. You can't make me change. <laughs> and so I remember my ex-husband at the time, you know, he encouraged me to do this program. And I was what one of my dear friends would call a bitter bunny. I was basically sitting there like, I don't need this and everybody else has problems. And so I do this program about eight months into dating my ex-husband. And at, what happened was we were sitting there, we're boyfriend, girlfriend, and this woman comes up to me who has been instructing the class. And she says, are you gonna take the advanced class? Meaning the next class in the section. And I looked at her and I rolled my eyes and I said, sweetheart, darling. It was stifling enough having sat in this room the last three days do you really think I would put myself through this hell again? Now, again, Eldon, I can't, I have to share this story just to give people a context because people who know me now, who have read the books, who see my life's work, you can't be that person. And yet if you go, exactly, interview, yeah. <laughs> if you go interview the people who were around me at that time, they will tell you, oh yes, this actually did happen. And uh, so this all happens. I'm 23 years old at the time and just full of like, you know, hubris. It was just terrible. And so, cancel, cancel. It wasn't terrible. It was exactly what I needed to get me to where I am today. And so she says this to me and my uh, boyfriend who eventually became my husband says, oh gosh, it's don't get me started. It took her eight months just to do this one. And I looked over at him and I said, this is an at-will relationship. You can leave anytime you want. So imagine I'm sitting there at this guy who's been my boyfriend for eight months, this woman standing in front of me and she looks at me and she's like a towering woman. She's Australian. And she says, can I be really straight with you? And I said, sure, darling, go ahead. You be really straight with me. She said, you are a nasty thing. She said, you are one of the most powerful women I've ever met in my life. But you know what? 
You're like Godzilla walking down the street with this huge tail swinging behind you, destroying buildings as you go. Guess what though? Those are not buildings, those are people whose lives you're destroying. She pauses, looks at my boyfriend at the time and says, leave her, it's what she needs. <laughs> After I got done like picking up my jaw off the floor, cause I thought I was a good person. You know, there's who you think you are and then how you actually show up in the world, which is a whole other story we could do an entire episode on. And all of this happened and then all, it just kind of hit me. And I went into my office the next day where I was already starting to be a little bit successful. And it was our team meeting 25 people who I've been working with for a little over a year. And I said to them all, I said, guys, have I ever been condescending or demeaning maybe to any of you? Eldon, you could hear a pin drop, silence. And one of my colleagues who had no problem saying it how it was started cackling, laughing. She's like, Jay Hill, you are only the most condescending, demeaning B-I-T we have ever met. And we have no idea how you're successful. And in that moment, Elden, it was like that movie Sliding Doors with Gwyneth Paltrow. There was before and there was after. And in that moment, I could see that every one of us has the capacity to have a beautiful, bright, shining light. And we simultaneously have our shadow and our dark side. And it just depends on which side that we're putting the energy and attention on. So as painful as it was, I spent the next 10, 15, 20 years of my life, you know, basically working on getting myself out of the cocoon, the cocoon and allowing myself to fly and to soar. And it's, you know, the brighter the light is, I will tell you this, Alden, and to each of you is that you also have a bigger shadow. So it's not to say that that side of myself that's selfish or can be demeaning or condescending, that it doesn't still come out. In fact, just recently, my business partner, who I love and adore, I didn't realize I'd hurt her feelings. When I go into feeling unsafe, when I'm not being at my highest and best self, I go back into that cocoon and I can sometimes inadvertently speak to people in an unintentional way, in a condescending way, and it's not intentional. And I don't even realize it until somebody says, or sometimes, sometimes I'll have the wherewithal and I'll reflect and call the person and say, gosh, you know, I noticed that I might've inadvertently said something that hurt you. How did that land for you? And that's why it's constantly an ebb and a flow, a checking in of how am I occurring to people? And is that who I'm committed to showing up as in the world? Does that make sense? It does make absolute sense. And um, I speak to my listeners and my viewers about the similar topic that, you know, as you are in the process of changing and transforming, there are these past programs which mm. we are unconscious of, right? We are not even aware that, you know, this is how we think, this is how we behave, this is how we feel, or, you know, even more how we make other people feel based on our behaviors, actions, and, you know, how we show up in the world. So, and as you demonstrated just now, you said you sometimes become aware, and then sometimes, you know, this is sort of so unconscious that some other people need to bring it to your awareness to say, well, wait a minute, what is going on? This is not who Jennifer is today, right? But yeah, this is, you know, a lot of programs are from childhood, but even scientists are saying that a lot of programs are multi-generational. So now we are in 2021, we might be operating some of the programs from 1905, from great grandparents. We're not even aware. So, you know, it's a constant ebb and flow, as you say, it's a process and being aware 
it's actually what gives you power. You know, the self-awareness is self-empowerment. And then once you have that, then you can obviously, you know, decide to change and grow and you can apologize if you have to, because, you know, the saying is if you have to choose between being right and being kind, always choose kind, you will always be right, right? So, you know, the relationships and nurturing those great relationships that you have nurtured around you right now, obviously having these kind of relationships, it's very important and having a good bond, you know, where each party can be their authentic self, right? And, mm -hmm. and this is what I am experiencing, you know, having followed you for, for some time now in your work. And also we had many conversations. So um, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on my podcast, The Human Experience. So now, could you tell the audience in terms of the work that you do? I know you, you are hosting a TV uh, show, I believe, radio show. You've published some books, and I'm sure there is a book number three uh, in works somewhere. Could you share more information about your current work? Yes, so it's a <laughs> it's an exercise in always surrendering and letting go, Eldon, and trusting that you know things are meant to be the way they are. So I began my career as a recruiter, and I built and sold my own company in 2018, and then through a series of events, I was not planning to be a TV host. It was not in my field of view or in anything I had anticipated. And I began working with a dream coach in early 2019, shortly after I sold my first company. And the dream coach gave me an assignment. It's a really amazing experience. I would highly encourage you to check out where you write yourself a note and she gives you very specific wording to your higher self and says, you know, please hire self through a series of symbols, images, et cetera. Please reveal to me what my life's purpose is. You know, I was kind of in this transition, not sure what I was meant to do. And Eldon, I had the strangest thing. I dreamt of a male newscaster. Like he was super polished, didn't look a thing like me. And he was a man, so slightly different, right? And I tell my dream coach goalie about this. And this must've been March or April of 2019. She's like, oh, darling, you're going to be on television. I was like, no, I just sold my company. I'm definitely, you know, running a company for the next few years. And she said, no, darling, you're going to be on TV. I was like, okay. So out of the blue through a series of events, uh, I was actually able to transition without having any TV hosting thing planned. Just, I knew it was time to transition. I talked to the old company. I moved into a consulting role with them on the week of November 1st, Eldon. That week, I left my old job, the company I'd been running for many years, and I moved into a consulting role. That same week, out of the blue, Awake TV Network offered me a TV hosting gig, and my old alumni association, UC Irvine, said, hey, you know, we thought you'd be in kind of the same space as Deepak Chopra, and we would like to, you know, the dean of our school, Dean Maurer, who I know, and Deepak would like you to, like, co-host and moderate an event with them. Would you mind? I didn't even know who Deepak was. I had never <laughs> read one of his books. Like, I just kind of, like, I had a sense of who he was, and there was another event I was curious about going to with him, but I had never read one of his books, and I was like, okay. And so four or five weeks into hosting my first television show ever, it was New Year's Eve. And I remember calling you, Siravine, and saying, hey, you know, I know we're doing this panel the second week of January. Can you tell Deepak that I saved him and Bill 
uh, or him and Don, sorry, the um, gentleman who I was interviewing books about, I saved them a spot on my show. Now, Eldon, that took all the gusto, <laughs> all like the panache that I had to reach out to Deepak's people and have them say, hey, Jennifer Hill, who has a show, she's only been hosting, by the way, for five weeks on a network that simultaneously is five weeks old, would like to have you on her show. And he was very gracious and his people called me and we did our first interview and now we're 16 episodes in and you know, I, it's a dream come true. And the, the irony is it's so funny, Eldon, how life happens this way. So not long after Deepak and I connected, I was reading Greg Braden's book in Paris. So Greg Braden is another thought leader and I'm sitting on the couch in Paris. It was, must've been like March 5th or 6th of 2020. And I'm reading his book, Divine Matrix. And this is right when things are starting to get really hairy with COVID. Yeah. And all of a sudden I read this line in uh, Greg Braden's book that says, the square root of 1% of the population meditating at the same time can shift the consciousness of the planet. Now, Deepak and I had only first met a month or two ago, and I got a moment, I put down the book, stopped what I was doing in Paris, and I called Deepak, I called Awake TV, I called everybody I knew, and I said, guys, we need to do a global meditation and get 100,000 or more of us meditating. So all this happens, I get introduced to Dr. Roland McCready from HeartMath out of the, these calls that I'm making, and over 100,000 of us came together and meditated on March 9th, Deepak and HeartMath and many other leaders from around the world. And there's uh, Roger Nelson, who's the head of the Consciousness Project, the Global Consciousness Project, actually said using his random number generators, he could see a shift in the consciousness on the planet that day. Well, fast forward, Eldon, here's where the story gets really interesting. So I've been hosting TV shows now for over a year. Deepak and HeartMath had had me do a series with them. I get a call from HeartMath. They want me to host their biggest event of the year, three days. They normally do it in Mexico. It's their first time doing it online. Guess who happened to be at the event? Greg Braden. Yep, and we became friends. <laughs> it was just like, I shared this story with Greg. As we're like wrapping up, I'm like, Greg, this is really funny. You have to kind of laugh about this. I said, the whole reason that like I got connected with HeartMath is because I was sitting in Paris reading your book. And he's like, are you kidding me? And we were just laughing, but I can't, Eldon, this is like life in synchronous. You can't make this up. Yeah, it's, it's um, basically you tapped into the universal consciousness and you know, he was speaking to you from the future and you just connected into that flow and you said, okay, I have an idea and let's do this. And, and I know, um, you know, you can tell uh, the listeners a little bit more about the Heart Maths Institute, but I can tell them that they've done over, I think, number of years, they've done many, many peace projects where they went into cities, into countries where they would meditate without the knowledge of anyone in that city, in that place, sort of for peace, so for ceasefire and things like that. So there was measurable actually in one day of meditation, this is number of times they've done it, there would be a ceasefire, the, the crime level will drop down to almost zero, everybody's health in that city, in that country would would like so there would be no emergencies nobody would go to uh you know er nobody would so everybody was feeling happier but what also had happened was there was um once the these sort of uh, meditators you know for peace uh, left the city or, or the country uh within few days things would go back to normal within that place you know the crime level will spike again and if there was like uh, meditation for peace, 
they would resume, uh, the war would resume in that region. And so the power of what you did, you know, getting 100,000 people to meditate, to heal the, to elevate the human consciousness, to heal the planet, it's incredible. And there is a documented evidence time and time again. And I think many times uh, HeartMaths Institute was involved and I applaud you for that. And uh, it's very, very inspiring. Yeah, it's, you know, it's so beautiful. And I must share, Eldon, what's really coming to my mind right now is, um, you know, I'm so moved by this. I was on a plane yesterday and I was watching a movie, you know, my inner child, I love to do inner child work. It's been transformational for me. I talk about it in book one of 101 spiritual tools for uncertain times. And I love talking to my inner child. You know, I love putting my right hand on my heart and seeing what she needs to feel safe and cherished and adored. And how old is she? How old is she? <laughs> She's five. I've done work with my five-year-old, my 13-year-old and my 19-year-old self. And so I didn't even know that for any of you who might be considering doing inner child work, it doesn't have to be one age. You can tap into any age, though most often when I'm talking to her, it's my five-year-old self. And so there are two things she loves, well, three things she really loves in this world. Ice cream, which is funny because I don't like sweets personally, but she loves ice cream. That's how she feels love. She'll be like, can we please have some ice cream? I'm like, okay, sweetheart. Two, she loves to dance. So like over the last year, since I've really gotten to know her, you know, we'd love to dance together and just like dance around and dance walk our dog. And three, Elden, what she loves is Disney movies or any sort of animated movies. Like it just lights her heart up. So the other day I was getting on this flight and I downloaded the latest movie from Disney. I think it's called Raya and the Last Dragon. Elden, it was just so powerful. Have you seen the movie yet? No, I haven't. No. Oh, I, what I, I a check it out. Yeah. What a beautiful movie for our time. So it ties into what you were just discussing, Elden, is the consciousness of human beings. We don't realize, like you just said, how crime will escalate, etc. When we come into a space and we come in with an open heart and we come in loving and we come in compassionate and trusting, the space transforms into heaven on earth, whatever you would wanna call it, bliss incarnate. However, when we don't trust, when we don't trust ourselves, when I don't trust you, when I'm feeling afraid or scared or in survival mode, the whole movie deals with this aspect of trust and of how as human beings, we've begun to see one another as other rather than same and wholeness. And I sat there, honestly, Eldon on the plane and I have two masks on, right? I have a normal mask and then my N95 mask and I am ugly crying into both masks. Like it's like coming to my face. And I was like, okay, I have to wipe my face. Otherwise this is going to get really messy. So I'm like, I'm going to hold my breath and use it because I'm trying to be thoughtful. So I went through all this. And the reason I share this though, Eldon, is it was such a prolific tale of learning to trust one another and of how people show up how we perceive them. Like if I see Jennifer Hill as my old self, bad, wrong, you're a bad person. If somebody knew me perhaps from that period and was still friends with me and didn't see me as my transformed self, there's a listening that we have for people and a lack of trust. And yet when we shift our listening, when we extend that trust that I trust, Eldon, that your best version of yourself is gonna show up. I trust that you, you are gonna show up as your best self, whoever you are. And that I trust that 
and I have compassion for whatever you've done in the past that's had you be in survival mode. You know, so many of us during this last year and a few months have been in survival mode, fear of dying, fear of lack of food or sustenance. And so what if we were to extend our hearts, extend that compassion and to create this web of compassion and trust and understanding. So that's why I ugly cried my way through the second half of the movie. <laughs> that's wonderful. I totally, totally agree. And, you know, this is not just some sort of woo-woo personal development, uh, you know, sort of out there information that Jennifer and I share. This is actually proven by scientists, by Nobel Prize winning scientists that, or scientists that, you know, we um, are made out of the, um, you know, electromagnetical energetical frequency, which there is a field of energy, not just passing through us, but around us. And now more and more with all this new equipment, scientists are able to actually and measure it where in fact they can't because now they believe it's immeasurable. And at, at first they said, oh, it's like a six feet out of your body, it's nine feet, nine meters. But now they said it could be a size of a football stadium. In fact, we don't know. It could be the size of like from London to, to New York, five, you know, 5,000 miles, 50,000 miles. They don't know. But what they do know that when we set an intention, elevated intention from kindness, from love, from compassion. And then we elevate that feeling in our heart. We can actually change matter. We can change energy. Um, we don't even have to be in the same city from London to Sydney, from London to LA. The person or the people at the other side of the world can feel it and it's measurable. And now how do you, how do you, uh, how do you explain that? And the science has explained it, you know, to a degree. They, they can measure it, but they still sort of, you know, it's mind-boggling even to the scientists. But what they do know that our words are very powerful. How we think, how we speak, uh, how we feel, the intention we set, you know. So if you have, for example, positive thoughts, positive feelings towards a friend, let's say Jennifer, all of a sudden you get a text from her or notification from her social media pops in your feed, or you get an email, or you get a text or phone call. And the same thing happens when we have these negative things. Actually, the person is feeling it, the other side of the world, and they, they're going to start talking about you and saying something negative about you. So be very careful that everything that you think, that you feel, actually affects every atom in your life everywhere not just inside of you but around you and it could be you know from here to LA. It's so true Eldon and I must say that one of my favorite parts of the HeartMath weekend that we did is Dr. Roland McCready who is the director of research at the HeartMath Institute. He basically showed some slides where you had a husband and a wife who were separated by 3,000 miles and while one of them was sending love to the other or vice versa, you, they were both hooked up to heart monitors separately 3,000 miles away, and their heart levels were in perfect harmonious coherence, 3,000 miles apart. And, you know, I remember, I, I must share this story, Eldon, from my not-so-pleasant days to give a little juxtaposition here. 
I remember one time I was in a program and it was Alison Armstrong, who I highly recommend. I mean, her work is prolific. I studied with her for many years and this was probably the second program I ever went to from her. It was early on in my personal development. And uh, Allison had class two and in class one, Eldon, for me, the way I memorize things is I like to take notes. I like to write things on my phone. I can't read my own handwriting, it's abysmal. And so I like to take notes. So I arrived at her class and the first instructions they gave, they said, welcome to the class. And it was still early on in the world of iPhones. Like maybe it was 2010 or 11. So it's not like they've been around a long time. And her person who was setting up the course said, please keep your phones off during the whole time and make sure, you know, if you have your iPhone out or your smartphone, we're going to like kick you out of the program sort of thing. And I became indignant, Elvin. Like I was sitting there and I was pissed and I was like, how dare you? Like, you don't know how I learn and I need this. And I was totally coming from a place of entitlement. And I just, so I sat there and I didn't even realize this but I sat there and there's a room of 200 plus people and I glared. Okay. So please forgive me for this, but I have to be honest. I glared at the instructors, Allison and her cohort co uh, presenter. And I sat there with my arms, you know, cross glaring. And I must've been 10, 20 rows back. It's a room filled with people on the lunch break. I get a note, you know, you got to hand in your name tag and it says, Allison would like to speak with you afterwards. And so I go and I was like, yeah, hi, how are you? And she said, if you ever give myself or anybody in this room evil eye again, you will never be welcome back in one of my programs again. Whoa. And I was floored, Alden, because I didn't realize here I am one person in a room of several hundred and I'm just sitting there having my own pity party for one glaring at whoever's on stage. And I didn't realize, Alden, the cost and impact and how much I was radiating that anger and frustration. And it was in that moment, though, that I had a profound insight that my God, every person I walk by on the street, if I send them you know, an evil thought or God forbid I gossip about somebody, that each one of those things has a cost and impact. So now I consciously, anytime somebody's presenting or even if I'm watching a show, I'm radiating love and just sending them strength. Because as you know, it's not the easiest thing to get up on a TV or a stage or in front of a camera. And even if you see somebody walking down the street and you see maybe they're looking down, what would it take for us just to radiate a little bit of love or compassion from our heart to theirs? Because whether we realize it or not, our thoughts, our looks, our intentions for other people are strongly felt, whether it ever gets communicated or not. And now one of my favorite practices before I go to bed is I actually ask my fiance every night, I say, honey, did I cause you pain today? And I go through and I say a prayer every night before bed and I look at who might I have advertently, inadvertently caused pain to? You know, maybe I was short with somebody. Maybe I was, uh, you know, rude or said something, or maybe I gossiped. And the person will never even know it, but I spoke about them. And I really work on feeling the pain I might have inadvertently caused people. And then I will call, like you said, and apologize the next day if it's something I'm really aware of and have the opportunity to do so to kind of reset. That's beautiful. And that's very, very powerful what you are doing, you know, your process. And um, I shared this with you. Um, I actually haven't shared this with other people, but I have a ritual uh, every night before we fall asleep. Um, I say to my wife, um, I am so grateful to have you in my life and thank you for being so amazing. So, and we, we've been practicing this since probably our first date. 
probably second date. And so, you know, we can say, I love you all you want, you know, um, but be, you know, for over 10 years, I've been doing relationship coaching. So I had some experience in how, you know, to help people with their relationships. So I've been implementing those things in mine. And um, often we don't say thank you to our partner, to our wife, husband, boyfriend, girlfriend, fiance. And we just say thank you when we get something, when they do maybe cook a nice meal, they buy us something, they do something for us. But what I've learned from my mentors and my gurus many years ago is that we need to say thank you just for being, as in the human being, you know, the aspect. Thank you for being alive, just for that. And then obviously, if they do something, that's a, that's a bonus. And that's what I've been doing every day, uh, several times a day, actually, first thing in the morning, the last thing before I sleep. And it's reciprocated as well. And it's very effortless. So yes, you know, I could label it as work, but we don't really work because we enjoy so much doing stuff for one another and being in this feeling, in this constant feeling of gratitude and unconditional love where we encourage the other to be their authentic self. So it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Mm, that's so beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that, Alden. I think I'm going to add that to my practice. You know, it's we're always looking for reasons. Like you said, somebody bought me something, somebody did something, cooked me dinner, picked up the kids, whatever it might be. And what if we just thanked people? You know, I was with my dad, actually, we were talking um, about how I was down there for his 70th birthday. And there was one night where my dad and I were talking, I think it was two nights before his birthday. And I just wanted to tell my dad, I was like, dad, I just want to thank you. I want to acknowledge you for being the exact perfect dad that I love you. And I accept you. And we just had the most powerful heart opening conversation, Alden, that really broke things open in a new way for us, because it's so easy to forget, to honor, to respect, to acknowledge, and just to deeply appreciate every single person. You know, I was um, at the airport the other day and there were three police officers as I was going through immigration and I just stopped and I just said, thank you. You know, thank you for everything you guys do. And what if we took our time to thank the loved ones we have, to thank a random stranger and just to act and do one or more acts of kindness? Like how would that transform the world if every one of us, all seven plus billion people, smiled at an extra person, said a kind word, even what if we all said, I love you to ourselves in the mirror, what would happen on the planet if we all did that right now? Absolutely. That's wonderful. And um, one of the things that I teach my coaching clients is that, because, you know, we, we are programmed to beat ourselves up about things to be self-critical, right? So I tell them intentionally for 30 days to do this thing in the mirror seven things I am proud. So they say their name. I, Eldin, am proud of you for, and I say one thing and then another. So I do that seven times. And that's at least for 30 days, repetitive, out loud, you know, uh, just before you brush your teeth or afterwards. And it's like one of the first thing you do before you do meditation or anything. And that alone, uh, it could be same seven things, for the 30 days or it could be different things but it it, it affects you uh, on, a, on a completely different level and then you realize oh my god you know i have because often what we humans you know human beings what we do the moment we wake up we start thinking about problems and then we start visualizing the worst possible outcome 
and you know sort of bringing some past experiences into present moment and projecting them into the future but at the same time secretly we want to have a new experiences better life better experiences right and then we start having these fears from the moment we wake up so i say to people before you you know become aware that this is what you are doing do certain rituals which will help you to be in a different state of mind different uh, you know mental processes different emotional state and at first they say it's a bit challenging you know i'm proud of myself for well, i have nothing to be proud of myself well i said because you haven't practiced you've been practicing beating yourself up about things so just try <laughs> just try you know Yeah, I so love that Elden. I had been taught by one of my mentors uh several years ago and one of my evening practices is to write down, you know, how I could have lived the day better when I'm evaluating where I might have caused people pain or maybe I wasn't my highest and best self. I start off by writing down how could I have lived today better? And then I immediately follow that up with what am I proud of myself for? And I normally have 10, 20 things. Maybe it's the fact that I went for a walk, that I did something that might have been challenging. I didn't eat that whole piece of cake. You know, whatever it is, those little things that you might not acknowledge yourself for. And then I finish with three things that I'm grateful for. And I find that going through this process and in fact last year when I first arrived in London in March, I remember there was a lot of energy and fear swirling around and I was definitely in the survival mode myself. And one day I was sitting in London and I remember exactly where I was and I got a clear message in my meditation to write down all of the areas in my life that I thought that I had messed up. All of the things where I thought that I had really screwed up and so I wrote them down there were hundreds of things and then I started slowly doing this day by day and I got a message to put my right hand on my heart and to say Jennifer Hill I acknowledge and accept that you x I acknowledge and accept that you y and I just went through one by one and it was profoundly healing to just allow myself to be to allow these things that maybe I'd been holding on to for years and you could always be adding to this list and what would it take for us to allow and accept and forgive ourselves for each of those things absolutely that's wonderful that's wonderful and um yes there are there are actually three rituals i tell people to do in the mirror and the second one after i'm proud of myself for is i forgive myself for seven things every morning and then the third thing is i commit to myself for seven things because you see we are very good at you know committing to others committing to you know helping you know at work and helping our partner if you have children you know but we sort of leave ourselves last on the to-do list right whether is you know i commit to myself to you know do more meditation breath work eating healthier working out journaling writing starting that book you know whatever it is that you know it feels as you say put your hand on your heart and whatever feels right you know expression of your highest self as you are evolving growing transforming improving and i also want to um acknowledge you for you know i i remember we used to have conversations and you used to use the word i judge now you say i evaluate and this is very powerful for the listeners and viewers it is very important not to judge but to evaluate because we are also programmed to judge you know to blame to shame we feel guilt but if you evaluate 
And you say, okay, this is who I am today. And this, I brought this to my awareness. And then you did the, the process of putting the hand on your heart. Maybe you did more journaling, more writing, more evaluation. And this is very, very powerful because you, I, I guess you felt like the weight was lifted off of your shoulders. You felt lighter, more open. Now you had so much more energy to be creative, to be, you know, in the sort of in that space where you can actually be the best version of yourself. Thank you so much, Alden. I received that and it is so powerful. It's a, it's a constant thing though. Here's what I want to say to each of you is that it, it's a constant muscle building. You know, if you've ever been to the gym oh, or you've ever done absolutely. something really hard, you break down. It's like, I don't want you to think I, I can't speak for you, Alden. I can only speak for myself, but there are some days where I'm wailing, crying, confronted with my anger, my judgments, my whatever it is. And the only difference for me, Eldon, that I've noticed from now to where I was 20 years ago is how quickly I'm able to shift. I might be in self-pity, anger, judgment. And oftentimes, like if I'm really not in my most elevated state, it could last 24 hours or 12 hours. And most of the time though, because of the mentors and the tools that I have, I'm able to shift that perspective, sometimes at even minutes or moments. Absolutely. That's beautiful. And one of the things that I teach and talk about often is self-regulation, which is the absolute key. And, you know, self-regulation. So we have obviously something gets us out of balance, whether it's our past program, maybe somebody says something, does something and triggers something within us, which is unconscious still today. Right. And, you know, that refractory period when we become first aware of, of all these new processes and, and you know, of, of positive transformation, maybe that refractory period is much longer. It's, as you say, it's, it's maybe hours, it's days. But once you begin to um, create, not use a template, but create practices that you feel work for you as, as a unique individual, then that refractory period shortens and you can get yourself in the state of highly elevated uh, brainwave state, highly elevated emotional state. Now that um, you know gravitational field, that electromagnetical energetical field, which is within you and around you, it's not shrinking, it's expanding. It's your natural state, it's flowing. And now you can create, now you can you know, come up with the great business ideas. You can um, you know, share, interact with other people because you know, even if you, if you interact, as you said, interact with strangers, they can feel it. And if you give a smile and intention from your heart that you wish them all the best, because you know, as you say, globally, uh, this podcast is in over 100 countries, so it's, it's global podcast. And so globally, people are in survival mode. You know, they are bombarded by, you know, news and media and all the propaganda. And I say to people, please, please choose the food you consume for your for your mind and for your for your heart. So. Instead of, you know, okay, if you need to, if you must, watch a couple of minutes here and there of news um, and actually try to listen to these kind of podcasts, read Jennifer's book, read my book, watch, go to her website and watch her amazing shows with so many experts, with all the tools. And a lot of, uh, she has a lot of free resources on her podcast, on her 
TV show, on her radio show. And um, yeah, learn, learn and then apply, practice. Don't just sort of, you know, get the information uh, and have an insight, ever, ever aha moment, but actually go and then choose to apply certain rituals or certain things to, to actually improve your life and become that amazing butterfly that Jennifer was talking about earlier. Thank you, Alden. Yeah, that's why we're all here is we're all here to share. I mean, that was the beautiful thing about that movie. I take it back to Ryan the Dragon as kind of the culminating moment is that if we just desire to receive for the self alone, the premise of the movie is that you have all these tribes who are fighting for the same resource. And so they think that they have to take it. And when we're so obsessed with taking for ourselves, instead of desiring to receive for the sake of sharing, if I receive a hundred, give away 10. If I receive 10 bananas, give away two. You know, just always being willing to give and receive. Imagine the shift in the equilibrium of the planet if we could just be in harmony with ourselves and one another, though it starts here. One of my favorite things Deepak shared in a recent episode we did is he said, if enough people healed the microbiome in their own body, we would heal the whole world. And it's so true because we are truly a microcosm of the macrocosm. And as we do the work to heal ourselves, so too is the world healed. And as we look for ways to share as we receive, so too does the world. So know that every time you share, you're receiving a thousandfold back and just be willing to share and give. Absolutely. And the key is to work on yourself because you can't be um, you know, sort of giving from an empty cup. Make sure that you do something each day that your cup is full and overflowing so you can give and contribute, as Jennifer said. And, and I totally agree. That is the only way for humanity to survive and thrive. Uh, the old models, old political models and religious models and many other models which have been collapsing for decades, maybe for centuries, now I believe it's sort of mass awakening. The, the human consciousness has been so elevated that now even the people who have never meditated, never practiced anything, they've kind of like, wow, the, you know, there is something different. I, I, I need something, I need answers elsewhere. I can't find the answers anymore on TV, in the news, in, from my doctor, from, you know, I, I need to look for other sources of the information. And then, you know, they stumble upon your show, your books, Deepak Chopra, and all these amazing uh, thought leaders and people who have been spending decades and decades on empowering humanity to realize how limitless we are. And, you know, this is what gives humanity the true power that we are all inter interconnected. You know, we are all limitless and we come from the source. And the source is pure love, pure consciousness. So this body is going to perish, you know, my, my podcast is called The Human Experience because of, I believe I'm a spiritual being, I'm an eternal spiritual being having a temporary human experience in this body. And I am very excited actually that we are in this time and, and space that my, my consciousness is residing at in 2021 with all the sort of global uh, crises, economical crises and all the rest of it. But at the other end, I believe that we are 
more and more realizing that we are one, one love, one consciousness, one human race, uh, uh, if you will, one race, human race, right? So I'm very excited about today's times and uh, I feel that it can only get better and community, uh, you know, co-unity, community is gonna sort of work together to elevate it to even higher level and in collaboration, cooperation, kindness, compassion, and unconditional love. That's mm -hmm. what I believe. I am with you 100%, Eldon, and thank you for the work that you are doing in the world. Thank you for your graciousness and your willingness to expand yourself and to help each one of us expand ourselves and the capacity and potential within us. So I acknowledge you for everything you're doing to contribute to the world. Thank you so much, Jennifer. A couple more questions before we go. Where can people find you? Uh, what is your social media handle if they want to follow you? And also if you have a website that you would like people to buy your book, uh, see your TV shows and all, all your amazing work that you do, where can they find you? Perfect. Thank you, Eldon. So if people want to connect with me, I recently started a weekly clubhouse room with my business partner, Moon Cho. So on clubhouse, for those of you who might be tuning in out there, every Sunday at 11 a.m., we do an Om Heals clubhouse room about spirituality, vitality. We would certainly love to have you join us. You can either look for Om Heals or follow me at Jen, J-E-N-H-I-L-L -L, speaker. And that's where you'll find me on Instagram, on Twitter, on Clubhouse. If you Google search Jennifer K. Hill and uh, you'll find all my stuff, uh, you can Google my name and Deepak, all of our shows will pull up. And you can also go to uh, the Coalition for Global Unity is one of my uh, favorite projects. You'll be able to find 52 weeks of meditations from leaders from around the world. This is the thing that Deepak kicked off with me with HeartMath in uh, March of 2020. And we've been doing that around the world. And it's just my deepest passion project. In fact, I have a new episode coming out with uh, Deepak Chopra and Bruce Lipton, which will be the first time they've had a conversation together. That should be airing, I believe, on May 2nd at 3 p.m. on awaketvnetwork.live. And uh, you, you can find me if you go to Jennifer K. Hill. I love hosting events and doing speaking and just bringing love and light and creating a safe space for people to discover who they really are. And Elvin, you're going to be joining me on my show coming up here soon. So invite everybody to check in for that. That'll be Conversations for Consciousness on awaketvnetwork.live. Uh, next, it'll be, I believe, on April 15th at 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And so I invite everybody to join us and check that out, as well as my weekly show, Get Yourself the Job. And you can find that on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and that's one on how to find and fulfill your life's purpose. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. And, uh, you know, we can talk for another hour about all your amazing projects. I think you left a few of them out, uh, but it's incredible. It's very inspiring. And, you know, with all the work, all the amazing work that you do to contribute positively from kindness, from love, from compassion to humanity, first to yourself and then to everyone <laughs> around you, it's incredible. And, you know, you find time to travel. You one minute in this country, then another, then another, you hop in, you know, you, you live on a plane, you know, so it's incredible, you know, and, uh, you know, you also have a lot of fun, which is, you know, you kind of uh, work hard and play hard. And, uh, and I understand, you know, your work with your inner child and that's all required. And, 
it's just, you know, it's a wonderful time uh, to be alive, to be honest, to know people like you, to be inspired, to uh, want to get out of bed, you know, and say, well, anything is possible. You know, I, I am possible. We are all possible, Eldon, and it's that's it, connecting to the infiniteness of our being. People ask me all the time, how do you travel around the world? I've been in five countries in the last month, the Maldives, Portugal, Dubai, the US, Mexico, and it's because it's all possible. We can sit around and complain and come up with a list a million miles long of why things can't work. And my invitation to you is come up with a list of how they can. Be willing to receive your heart's deepest desires and to be able to allow others to receive that as well. Absolutely. And also, I'd like to add, uh, it's not your job to know how, how you're going to travel to five countries, how you're going to have a TV show, how you're going to get 100,000 people to meditate together, how you're going to get Deepak Chopra on your show. I mean, this, these are just examples. <laughs> it's not your job to know how, you just get inspired. Inspired means you get in spirit, and now you are connected to this higher consciousness channeling through you. I'm sure all the books that you've written, they've been written through you. It wasn't you who was writing, right? So even this show... <laughs> We, we had no questions, we had no uh, scripts, we just went with the flow and wherever the, uh, you know, sort of uh, conversation took us and whatever was channeling through us, we created this amazing episode and I must say this is one of my favorite episodes and uh, yeah, I hope that I'm going to be having more episodes, more sort of specific, we can perhaps teach our audience on a specific topic that you so much um, love and are so inspiring when, when you present on those topics. So perhaps we can have you again uh, with us. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Thank you, Eldon. It would be my pleasure and my delight. Every day I wake up and I say, universe, you put me where you need me most and allow me to be of service. And I'm so grateful that we were able to have this conversation and for whoever you are who's hearing it now or in the future, I'm intending that maybe you got something of value. Maybe there's a tool or an idea or an inspiration that you can apply to your lives and like a ripple effect, like a pebble in a pond, it just goes out and impacts everybody radiating more love into the cosmos. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Thank you, Alden.